0: Idea is this Adam and Eve were made perfect in God's image not only physically but also spiritually everybody go spiritual Thank you. They were spiritual beings first, then physical beings second. How do we know this? Because when they eventually did sin, they noticed for the first time that they were naked. Why didn't they notice that before? Because they were spiritual beings shining forth from their body like light shining through a light bulb. You don't read the logo on the light bulb of GE when it's on. It's hard to read it. You'll hurt your eyes. But if you shut off that light, you immediately see the markings. They were glorified. Glorious beings made in the image of God. They sinned, and because of that, now all they saw was their flesh. And the problem that we have today is that a lot of people are pursuing physical upgrades, things of the flesh, remodeling of the body. Look at my muscles. Oh, I'll take another selfie. Here I am. I'm so cute. I'm so pretty. Look how I do makeup, right? All these ladies doing that. Now, there's nothing wrong with physical upgrades, but you can paint a pig as much as you want, but it's still a what? It's a pig. And you can call it whatever you want, but it's still a pig. And here's what the Bible says about you. No matter how much you paint up your body, no matter how much you exercise it, you are dead in your sins to God. That means without Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, you have a one-way ticket to hell. As the old song used to go, highway to hell, boom, boom. Y'all don't know that, but that used to be a popular song for us guys in the 80s and 90s from ACDC, and that's what you're on right now. You're on the highway to hell, and that's what Paul's telling you, but here's the thing that he says in verse 2. He says, in the ways in which you used to live, the ways of this world when you followed the ruler of the kingdom of of the air. Now, this teaches us that we are in a spiritual battle, and So that without Christ we are in the spirit of the world that ruler of the kingdom of the air and what's his name that evil person would we call him the devil, Satan, El Diablo. Well, here's the deal: it's not that every um, non-Christian is demon-possessed or has a Satan living inside of them of some kind. No, what it's saying is think of spirit as in team spirit. So I don't even care if you like sports or not. But if you're around sports people, let's say you're at Buffalo Wild Wings, you don't even know what game is on. It could be the 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 uh, the, Blackhawks, the Bulls. But if you start hearing people shouting, what starts to happen? You get excited and you. Don't even know what you're excited about and you're just like what are we clapping for i don't know it's because something happened and i can speak to this because when i came to chicago 10 years ago uh, a little bit over that I, i wasn't a cubs fan i wasn't an any fan but i went to wrigley field i went to a cubs game and before you know it i'm painting myself blue i'm taking my shirt off no i'm kidding but it just got crazy i'm shouting all the time i'm like i don't even care about these guys But that's the idea, is that we are of the world when we're not in Christ and of the spirit of darkness. And so people don't understand this, but the reason why they're pushing homosexuality right now is because they're going down the stream of the devil. The reason why Kanye West and Katy Perry are so popular right now is because this is the flow of the devil. If you want to see how much people hate God, just go against the flow and they'll tell you what they think about you and your belief in God. Go with the flow and everybody's your friend. Affirm everything the world affirms and you'll have no problems. Go against it and call it a sin and you'll see how quick you're labeled as a bigot and a hate monger. Can I get a what, what? I'm telling the truth. Amen. Come on, you could say, oh me, oh my, but somebody should say amen. And the problem is with this is that especially with the young people, but also with the old people, we don't even know why we do what we do. We think we're so creative. These are our ideas. We're spiritual. I think about the world like this. But you're just a carbon copy of Oprah Winfrey. The reason why you don't speak Hindi and don't read Sanskrit and look at the Bhagavad Gita is because you're in an American culture that's deviated from God and you take on the sins of this culture and so for you abortion comes normal homosexuality comes normal sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend before marriage comes normal because you're following the ways of the world but look at what paul said in verse 2 these are the ways you used to live so the peoples that he's talking to aren't the sinners that they used to be as a matter of fact in ephesians chapter 1 verse 1 he calls them now saints So that means there was something that happened in their lives, a change of thinking, a change of living that took them out of the spiritual realm of the world and put them into another spiritual realm of God. Look at it for yourself, verses 1 and 2 now that you understand. As for you, you were Dead in your transgressions and sins, in ways you used to live, when you follow the ways of this world, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the Spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So, listen to me. I can tell you I no longer have the spirit of this world working on me. Now, does that make me a better person than you, that I did better things than you? I read my Bible more than you? No, but here's the deal. I'm better off than you if you don't have this because I've believed in Jesus. And if you haven't believed in Jesus, you're still this person. Let me just make sure I'm talking to an alive audience today. Would you rather have a live horse or a dead horse? Which one? Would you rather have an alive spirit or a dead spirit? Now, if you had a dead horse, would would you want me to come and pretend it's alive with you or would you want me to tell you what it really is? So if I have to look at you as Dr. Joe today, as your pastor, do you want me to tell a lie to you or do you want me to tell you if your spirit's dead or alive? And just be honest, if you're not in Christ today, if you haven't been raised with the Lord, you are still dead in your transgressions, dead in your sins, and you are going down the flow of the devil. And if that makes you mad right now, that's because the devil's mad right now right now. You're acting just like him even in church. And guess what? I used to act just like the devil in church too. Getting mad at the preacher. Getting mad at the word of God. But that's why Jesus loves us despite our sins. It doesn't end there. It doesn't end with us going to hell in the garden of Eden turning into the lake of fire. How many are glad for God's grace and second and third chances? Amen? He could have just said right there, you've Messed up. (laughs) Now take that. No but he gave them a sacrifice which started the sacrificial system that culminated in the time of Moses and Passover. They sacrificed the lamb when they were leaving Egypt so that the death angel wouldn't kill them. They put the blood on their doorposts, and the death angel passed over them. Guess what time of the year Jesus died during Passover? Guess what they used to kill for the Passover sacrifice? sacrifice. A lamb. The blood that was shed from there would forgive their sins. Guess what Jesus was called? The lamb of God. How many are happy for Jesus today? But we got to go through just a few more of the tough parts of Paul. He said all of us. So this is not just some of us. All of us lived among them at one time. Look at this verse 3. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh. Oh, what are the cravings of your flesh? Oh, I don't have any cravings. Oh, that sounds like pride to me. Oh, what's the cravings of your flesh? No, I don't like going to church because all them religious people. Oh, judgmentalism is your craving. Oh, I don't have any. I just like to look at God's beautiful creation and undress them in my mind. That's called lust. How many times have we followed the cravings of our sinful flesh, following its desires, its thoughts? Just go through the Ten Commandments and see how many times you've broken them. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. How many times do you say, oh my God, and don't mean it as worship or prayer? How many times do you put idols before your walk with God? The idol of the TV, the idol of sports and entertainment, the idol of a relationship, you put it right before God and say I bow and worship this instead of You, the creature instead of the Creator. Come on, somebody, how many lies have you told? And don't tell one now. I don't tell that many. Don't tell one now. How many times have you coveted on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter? I oh, shouldn't have that. I should have that. What's wrong with the? How many times have you committed adultery, lust in your heart? The Bible says. How many times have you committed violence, anger towards your brother? Jesus said adultery changes in the New Testament. It goes just from the to the heart's desire murder changes in the New Testament from just the act to the desire you call another man a fool you're guilty of murder Jesus says how are you doing on your good person test are you passing or are you failing like the rest of us see all of us us Even Paul putting himself in there. All of us lived among them, those folks. You see, sometimes we think hell is just for the Hitler kind of sinners. Well, I'm not going there. I mean, Hitler deserves to go there, but not me. I just every now and then put the wrong Social Security number on my taxes so I can claim some more money. I just, you know, I just leave early from work and tell my boss I really was there. I just, I just lust, you know. No, I'm not going to where Hitler goes. I'm not one them kind of sinners It's not what the Bible says. There is no purgatory. It's heaven or hell. You're either dead or alive. And if you're not in Christ today, you are still guilty of your sins. The ones who can admit it and repent of them and truly mean it in brokenness are the ones that are forgiven. The ones that cover it up. The ones that try to be proud in it. The ones that make excuses for it. Playing the blame game and saying, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I'm not as bad as my neighbor, so I must be better off than them. No, all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Look at this. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of what? Cupcakes? An Easter egg basket? What were we deserving of? Now, if you've got a problem with that, you've got a problem with your creator. Cannot God judge us? Everybody says, don't judge me, only God will judge me. You have no idea what you're asking for. You better hear this preacher now before you stand before God. There will be no Judge Judy with him. You won't back talk with him. Your knee will bow before him, and you will declare him as Lord. And if you didn't do it in this earth, in this lifetime, on this earth, hell will be your home. And my wife said, and I'll say it again, those who go to hell don't go there because God doesn't love them. It's because they've rejected the love of God. They get exactly what they want in the end, an eternity without his love. That is what hell is. Don't be distracted by the flames. Don't be distracted by little horror movies and demons. Hell is where God is not. You don't want him now. You get it for eternity. This is what the Bible says, I deserved wrath. What did Adam and Eve do that was so bad? Molest children, sell crack? No, they disobeyed God and ate from a tree they weren't supposed to. How do you think this will play out for you without Jesus on your side, my friends? The cross of Jesus Christ is not there because you had human potential. And God just saw the good inside of you and he wanted to help you to blossom and flourish. Jesus is on that cross suffering the wrath of God you deserved, that I deserved. He took my place so that I could be forgiven. He died so I could live. He was punished so I could be justified. That's the message of the cross. And if anyone has told you otherwise, I am sorry. You don't come to Jesus for a mansion in the sky. You don't come to Jesus for an easy life. You don't come to Jesus to shake the pastor's hand and have a membership in a church. You come to Jesus because you're deserving of his wrath, but you are grateful for his love. Because we keep reading, and this is where it gets good. How many are thankful it keeps going? This is where Paul says, but because of his great love for us. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by what you have been saved? By grace. Is it because I've done all of these good things? If I go to heaven and you go to hell, is it because I was a better person than you? Is it because I read my Bible more than you? No, it's because I received the grace of God. The Greek word for grace literally means gift. It's the gift of his love. If, if I had enough money to clear every credit card debt here, every mortgage payment, and I said, all you have to do is just come and sign your name here and give me a sincere thank you, and all your debts are paid. My friend, if you walk out of here with your debts paid, that's uh, unpaid, that's a foolish decision. That's your fault. Jesus reaches out to all of us today, and he says, your debts are paid. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. All we have to do is come and receive the free gift. All the illustrations in the Bible of salvation are the opposite of paydays, paychecks, working to earn. All the language is gift, father to child. It is all in the understanding that we never could earn it. Not one of our bad works could be erased by a thousand years of good works. So Christ himself, God in the flesh, dies for sinners. Why? Because he loves us. And so today you can be raised with Christ. He didn't stay dead. He was raised. Amen? And that's why it says in verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Don't you see the greatness of the uh, the privilege of being a Christian? Is you were in the world, you had the spirit of the devil living on the inside of you. You had no idea why you were shouting for Katy Perry getting excited about I kissed a girl. Or looking at BigHooters.com or being so rebellious to your parents and hating church. All you knew is it just felt right. But the moment you get born again it smells different it looks different it feels different why because you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light I don't know about you. I respect people in all of their beliefs. If they want to believe in Pokemon, if they want to believe in SpongeBob, SquarePants, they can. But here's the deciding factor for me Buddha lived, dead, okay, died, dead, still in the grave. Muhammad lived, Muhammad lived, died, dead, still in the grave. Jesus crucified, third day, raised up, went to heaven. I will follow that man, I will trust that one. I am here today not serving some dead holy man of the past, some dead holy person that said Proverbs like fortune cookies. I am following the God, the Son of God who came in the flesh to die for my sins, was vindicated on the third day and ascended to heaven. Who is seated there now next to the Father and by the power of the Holy Spirit I am there with him. We don't just believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Book. We believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that gave us the Holy Book. And it tells us that the Father and the Son are on thrones in heaven, but by the Holy Spirit, he covers the earth. And those he indwells, he brings to the presence of the Father and the Son. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. That's why I don't come to dress to impress. You want to go see Father Tom, go see him. You like bells and smells, go see him. But it will not bring you to heavenly realms. The only thing that will bring you to heavenly realms is not a man but the God-man Jesus Christ. And that's why I can come here and stand before you and say, I'm seated in heavenly places with Jesus, not based on my ability to preach, not based on my ability to entertain, but based on his grace. How many else are seated, How many other people are seated with them, Amen? And why does he do this? In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He didn't express grace to us because he saw our human potential. The Father expressed his grace to us because Jesus took our wrath. Never get it twisted. Without Jesus Christ, you still are under the wrath of God. But in Jesus Christ, the Father sees you as a son or a daughter, a co-inheritor with Jesus in the treasures of heaven. Hell is not your home. Heaven is your home and heaven is coming to this earth one day but here's my thing i want to tell everybody here you can get so distracted in this life that you get the riches of this world twisted with the treasures of heaven i'm getting my doctorate i have education i live in a nice neighborhood i wear decent clothes but i want to tell you none of them are none of these worldly riches are compared to the riches of christ and the greatest of his riches is knowing the grace of god personally to know it personally. I woke up Good Friday, and it wasn't religion, but I woke up Good Friday in my heart singing a song, and I just sang it from my heart. I never heard it before. I believe the Lord gave it to me, and I just sang back to Jesus. My Savior died for me. There he hung on a tree. He died to set me free. My Jesus died for me. Those last two songs you heard today, we wrote, by the way. God is giving us heavenly songs, but I woke up Friday morning not with a religion, but with a relationship that was more real than the air I was breathing. And one day, he will display us to the world. As Steve was doing as the youth pastor with all these young people, and let me just tell you something. Older people get in it before it passes you by get in it these young people are not here for a fake religion their parents that make them come here I was talking we had over 250 in our first service and I was talking to a couple out there and they were saying I've never seen so many young people before and I said you know why because they can spot the real and they know a fake and they know this is real that's why they come here without even their parents so listen to me old folks don't let this pass you by it's your time But here I want you to hear this today. Steve was standing with all these young people. This amazing testimonies, right? It's just mind-blowing what God will do in people's lives. But that's going to be us on Judgment Day. Jesus is going to stand before the Father, and He's going to say, Father, look what I did in this one's life. Look what I did in this one's life. And then He's going to point to the devil before judgment, before the devil goes to hell. The last thing He's going to see is the glory of God's grace in His people. And Jesus is going to say, you thought you had them, devil. You thought you were going to take this one down. But I redeemed them I took everything you meant for bad and I turned them for good we are trophies of God's grace in the coming ages can I hear an amen this is where I begin to preach how many want to help me preach say preach it that was just the introduction are you ready for the message I have kid now look at verse 8 for it is by what by grace you've been saved through what faith this is not from yourselves it's the gift of God Imagine if you're going onto a plane and you see somebody wearing a parachute. They look strange. They're weird. But you look at them. You stare at them. And finally, they're like, uh, can I help you? And as you're sitting down next to them or by them, they, they, they look really uncomfortable. And you say, I, I'm just curious. Why are you wearing a parachute on a plane? Nobody else has a parachute. You look really uncomfortable. I talked to the pilot. I was concerned. I tried to get you kicked off. But they said everything's still going to go as planned. But I just want to know, why are you wearing this parachute on a perfectly fine work? Let's just say they look back at you and they go, it's fashionable. Uh, You know, my mom used to do it, and so I do it. And uh, and then if you ask them, well, do you ever use it? And they're they're like, no, I don't ever really use it. I just kind of wear it, and everybody around my family, they kind of wear it you would look at them foolishly. You would say, that makes no sense. But let me ask you a question. If you're in the 101st Airborne in World War II b- over the beaches of Normandy and you're coming out out the door about ready to get dropped off with about 10 other thousand soldiers and they're shooting at you, how many of you want a parachute at that time? It's not an optional upgrade. It's not a fashionable statement. It's something that you need. And the problem is many of you look at your faith in Christ, uh, faith in Christ and Christianity like that person wearing the parachute. You don't think the plane's going down You think you're just a little bit awkward wearing it sometimes, but you do it because your family does it. And so you were raised in church, but you weren't raised in Christ. And you don't understand why you have that parachute on. Because those who are truly saved by the grace of God understand that this world's going down, baby. And the only way out is through the parachute of Jesus. And that's faith in Jesus. So I got faith on me today because I'm not riding a Boeing 747 in first class. I'm on a plane that's about ready to go down. I'm not even promised a safe voyage home tonight. Do you understand that, folks? You need to have Jesus in your life today. I'm not here to scare you with hell. I'm here to promise you heaven and Jesus. But if I do scare the hell out of you, that's okay. Because you need it. You've been lied to too long. But here's the great thing. It's through faith. Now imagine if everybody going onto those planes in Normandy just simply had a parachute given to them. It would be up to you to reject it, to fight against it. And if you wanted to foolishly go onto that plane and to battle without it. And that's what salvation is. It's nothing more than simple faith. Lord, you're offering me a parachute. You say that I need it. I trust you. May be uncomfortable at times. I may not always understand it. But I trust you that this is for my good and it gives you glory I'll receive your gift somebody say yes Lord. yes Lord and now in closing that was my preaching point but here in closing it says not by work so that no one can boast no one on judgment day is going to say ah, look at me I was so awesome down there on earth did you see what I did I used to go to church I would read my Bible I wrote songs man I made it rain when I rapped oh yeah it was awesome no no nobody's going to be up there doing that No boasting but in Christ. That's why, even in this world, when someone pays us a compliment, it's often right to say back to them, by God's grace, thank you, but all glory goes to God. The football player taking the knee, pointing back up to heaven, he knows he worked hard, he knows he practiced, he knows if it wasn't for those linemen and quarterback, he could never be there, but he understands a greater reality. Without the God of the universe, he wouldn't have breath in his lungs or even know himself. He would be no different than an ape today in the zoo. He appreciates the image of God in him, and he gives his life back as a living sacrifice. So, in verse 10, here's where we leave today's message on Easter. For we are God's handiwork. Look at your neighbor and say, You're his masterpiece. It isn't your dog, it isn't a piece of artwork. The greatest work of God is man. Man is the masterpiece of God. And in Christ, saved man or woman is the most beautiful being on this earth. We are literally an expression of God's creativity in Christ, and in heaven, we look to angels now, but in heaven, angels will look to us and give God a standing ovation. You were made in the image of God, and you were created to be in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do I get to go to heaven because I've done good works? No but I'm going to heaven, and I ought to do good works. I'm not saved by good works. I'm saved to do good works. If God is truly in your heart, you'll display it by your actions. If you say God lives in your heart, but I don't see it in your actions, John, his favorite disciple, calls you a liar. How can you say the love of God abides in you when you hate your fellow man? How can you say the love of God is in you when you don't reach out and help others? These are the things that the Bible teaches us. That's why no one likes a hypocrite. Does anybody like a hypocrite. And it's not only in church. Somebody says they can cook, and you go over to their house, and they don't cook very well. Do you like that? (laughs) No. You're like, oh, no, not not so much. And it's the same thing in Christianity. Let's stop being hypocrites. Let's show them that we're the good work of God created to do good works. Lamborghinis are made by somebody, and that's a good work. You get in the Lamborghini and race it in on a safe raceway, that's a good work too, because you are working the purpose of that car. Don't try to use a hammer as a screwdriver and don't try to use a screwdriver as a hammer be that which God calls you to be do the works that he created you to work to do and to be the person he calls you to be that is my friends the Easter message that's why we come on a day like today and I want you to look at this uh, little graphic here from a child's Sunday school book we'll use little Timmy everybody say hi Timmy there's little Timmy. Hey, Timmy, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm not doing much, but I'm a sinner. Okay, so Timmy, why are you a sinner? Because I've broken the Lord's commands. Timmy, do you deserve to go to hell? Yes, I do, because I know God's wrath abides on me. Well, Timmy, do you want to go to hell? No, I don't. So, Timmy, what are you going to do? I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. The moment Timmy puts his faith in Jesus, his sins are nailed to that cross. That's what Good Friday's all about. Are you listening? Your sins get nailed to that cross. Every one of Hitler's sins was nailed to that cross. Every hideous sin of ISIS is nailed to that cross. We are here today as born-again believers because of what he did for us. Now, Timmy, what happened to those sins? Well, as Jesus was buried, my sins were buried. When Jesus rose again on the third day, Timmy, what happened for you? I was raised and given a new life. Have you been raised with Christ as Timmy has been raised with Christ? I figure I would make it Timmy and tell it a story like that. Otherwise, you guys might think I'm lame, just putting that kind of 50s style picture up there. But do you get the point? Do you see how it works? That's the Easter message. Now, let me tell you why for many years as a pastor I hated Easter. This is as a pastor. This is not talking about a kid being drugged to church, being made to put on a a shirt and tight button and a tight tie. No, this is as a pastor, Bible college graduate. This is why I hated Easter, I'll tell you. It's because I would see so many more people come on that day than I normally saw. And then they would tease me and not come back the next week. And so you get that, that done enough, your heart starts to break, it starts to become painful. I've got to come here and pretend I'm happy to see you guys, but next week you won't be anywhere to be found, and then I have to get over you not coming. So I started to hate it. I just started to say, why are we even doing it? And then I began to pray, and God told me that it was a time of celebration and that it needed to be something that we did as a church, and God really changed my heart. But here's how I think it applies to you. If you're not planning on being raised with Christ, if you're not planning on living the life that God has for you, this service does nothing for you in the sense of changing your spiritual destination. You're still headed to hell, and it does nothing to change your spiritual identity. You're still a sinner, dead in your transgression, a object of God's wrath by your very nature. Try scrubbing out your nature. You can't get it out with soap. So here's what God wanted me to tell you guys. As a pastor... As a win for us, it's not a big service. For some churches, it is. Because the pastors, like anybody else, like a game show host or whatever, they want to entertain. So more people, more people to entertain, that's a great day. Or like some businesses, pastors think like businessmen, more money, we had a great day. That's not a win for me. It's not a win at all. Here's a win, and it also applies to you. Be raised with Christ and be a disciple of Jesus. You see, that's our business as a church. That's why we have the celebration that we do, so that maybe your heart would be more open to it today than you were last week, wherever you were sleeping in or making excuses not to put God first. That you now would be compelled, maybe by a young person's testimony, you would say to yourself, I'm tired of being the devil's fool. I want to be a child of God. Maybe you would say to yourself like you've heard today through the singing, I want the joy of the Lord. I want the peace of God. I want the blessing of God. And you would hear it and believe it so that next week when we continue to preach and have church and do all of these things, it's not because we had a day on our calendar that told us this is what we do to ease our conscience and pay our respects to the man above, but that we're walking and talking with Jesus. We're gathering in a church of fellow believers in Jesus. We're raising our children to serve and believe in Jesus. And so I don't want you to feel bad and be like, man, I feel guilty now. No, 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 no. Here's the deal. Be the person God calls you to be. That's a win. If you leave out of here the same way you came, my friends, that's your fault. Remember we talked about the parachute example? That's you choosing to get on that plane without that parachute. If you do that, we're going to pray for you and give you other opportunities. We may meet you on the streets because we go out 10 times a week. We don't put them all on here on Sunday, but we go out ministering. You may see us live on Facebook. You may want to come around and kick the tires. We're cool with that. But just know this, the wrath of God still abides on you. But today, if you are serious with God, he'll be serious with you. I have some videos, uh, some testimonies I want to pray as our last uh, video today. I asked our church to uh, make videos about Raised with Christ so that their friends and family could hear them online. Then we went back and we took them and we collaborated them into one video. I want you to see if you can hear a common theme in their testimonies. Were they raised with Christ and changed because they did all these good things? all these religious things, or were they raised with Christ and changed because they believed and had faith? Now, you can ask yourself this question, and I pray that you do. If God did it for them, will he do it for me? Because that's where it has to be real for you. Did God do it for them, and will he do it for me? Because I know I was raised in church, but I wasn't raised with Christ. So November 5th, 1995, when I was 18 years old, with drugs in my pocket, high school dropout, it became real for me. Gentlemen, would you hit off the lights? Thank you for your patience today. How many know I love you? Amen. I told you you ain't never had an Easter service like this. Enjoy this video. Would you put up the volume for us? We're going to start it again. Thank you. Listen, I want to share my testimony with you all and how Jesus Christ saved my life. When I was raised with Christ... November 3rd 2000. I want to let you know that 17 years have passed since that day and God has saved me. He's changed me He's given me a blessed life. I'm living in the resurrected life And that's what makes me so excited about Easter. I'm going on 10 years of being saved on Easter uh, April 8th actually 2007 But on Easter service 10 years ago God met me at Metro Praise International Easter is always a very special time in my life because 11 years ago um, during an Easter service, I rededicated my life to Christ. I call out to Jesus and I ask him, hey, if you're real, I want you to show up. I, I, I give you everything. I know, hey, I'm, I do some really bad stuff, so hey, I repent for that. I'm sorry. But I want you. I want you to show me what, what's real. Lo and behold, he shows up. He shows up. And ever since then, I've been changed. You know, learning as I go more and more, but getting a chance to bask in his peace, his love, his grace. And that day, 1999, the summer of 99, I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and he allowed me to live a new life. He said the old life was gone, and the new life was here now, according to 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17. I met Jesus Christ. I prayed, he answered, and the old was gone, and the new had come. The drug addiction was gone. The smoking cigarettes was gone. The angriness was gone. The loneliness was gone. Depression gone. Death The desire to die was gone, and it was all replaced with love. It was all replaced with joy. It was all replaced with hope, a hope that is unexplainable. I gave Jesus my sin, and my sin is forgiven. And because he resurrected, I can resurrect. From atheism to full-on believer, never left the sight of Jesus since five years ago in 2011. And what happened was I crossed over from death into life. That even though I was dead in my sins and transgressions, God, who is rich in mercy, made me alive in Christ. He raised me with Christ and seated me in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. And I've never been the same again. God has been amazing to me. He has really made me a new creation. He has really made me his masterpiece. My heart was, became all his. I felt refreshed. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember, man, my whole my whole life changing. and really changed my heart. It wasn't just an emotional thing, but I knew God, I heard God, and I gave my life to the Lord that day, and ever since, God has blessed me tremendously. For somebody to die for me, I mean, how much more can you show that you love a person like that? I think that was something that, Changed my life was realizing that I don't have to do the do the good things, you know. Like it's more than just that; it's a relationship. Now I can say for for eight years I have uh, really wanted to live in the fullness of Christ, enjoy my life, and live for Him, and it has just been uh, a radical difference in the way that I see things. Going through all these things with Christ, it's been a journey, and in on this journey, I have learned so much about what Christ death and resurrection and being raised with Christ really means. For the past five and a half to six years now, um, I've been growing strong in Jesus and my relationship and just continuing to go forward and He continues to raise me from from one level to the next in my relationship with Him. So literally, I am being raised with Christ on a constant basis um, for the past five years and it's been such a wonderful experience for me. So we want to invite you to experience what we experienced when we became a new creation in Christ. He will come in and change your life like he did mine almost 17 years ago. Live for Jesus today. I want to invite you to make it a priority to put Jesus in your life, repent of your sins, turn so that he can save you. He will make your life more than what you could ever make it on yourself. Nothing in this world is worth it comparing to knowing Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Gracias, Señor. Would you stand up with me, please, as the band comes? We're going to sing that last song in closing. I'm so grateful that you came here. You had many choices of churches to go to. So we're glad that you came and blessed us today. Thank you. We pray that we've been a blessing to you. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, come up and talk to us. We have uh, prayer workers that are going to be lining up here, Uh, people that are just here to pray and help connect you to God. And we're going to end with some worship and to singing songs to the Lord. But here's the deal if you got to go, you are more than welcome to go. The professional photographer is already ready to rock and roll. So when I say dismiss, they're going to be to my right, your left. Just head out that back door through our kitchen area, and they're going to take an awesome picture of you and your family. Just a way to remember today as being special. And then it will be posted on our Facebook page, as I said before. So make sure you like that and and stay in touch. But here's the dealy deal. Being raised with Christ has to become real in your life. And that's what I've noticed day by day for the last 20 plus years for me is that things go up and down like this, but I literally feel being raised with Christ keeps me from being drugged down into the things of this world. The Bible actually says it like this that He gives us the ability to soar on the wind like an eagle. And so I remember what it was like living with the chickens. And chickens are messy. If you have never been to a farm, chickens are messy. Not so much eagles. Eagles don't play with that stuff. Eagles live generally by themselves on a mountain peak. They keep it meticulously clean, their little nest, and that's about it. And so the question is, do you want to raise up with Christ today? He invites you. He's, he's doing this for you today, for this opportunity. That's why we preach and sing. So let's just close our eyes and take a few moments to be introspective. Thank you for your patience. Altar workers, would you come, please? And would you look at your heart for the next 30 seconds and ask yourself, am I raised with you, Lord? Just talk to him as you're being honest with yourself and if you're sure of your salvation you'll sense in your heart the assurance of the holy spirit that you're sealed that the holy spirit is real in your life if you have doubts or conflict about it ask the lord to show you what is holding you back oftentimes those are two types of things sin or doubt and so today if you have doubts i ask you to doubt your doubts and surrender to jesus If you have sins, things that you think you have to identify with, bad habits, ask the Lord to forgive you and to change you. We would not go through the trouble of this, especially churches all over America and around the world today. Trust me, my friends. We would not go through the trouble of this if we didn't believe it would happen. It happens over and over and over again to the point where I literally had 40 plus testimonies to choose from for that collaborative video. It is amazing what God will do, and he'll do it right now. Come on, 20 more seconds. You and Jesus, are you raised with Christ? Are you sure today if you were to die, you would go to heaven? Are you going to walk out these doors with the Lord? Are you going to live for him? Are you going to do those things that please him because he's changed you? 15 more seconds. God is able. To do what you and I never could do. This is not about willpower. This is not about human potential. This is not about you giving it your best shot. This is not about you signing up for a trainer and making a three-month commitment. This is you denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Jesus. This is you loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Five more seconds. It's all about God today, friends. I plead with you today as Christ's ambassador. I'm an ambassador for Jesus. If you want Jesus, he wants you bad today, more than you could ever imagine. You won't be rejected by him. I'm going to close out in prayer and dismiss. We'll sing a song. If you want to come forward, you can. If you haven't already, otherwise, we'll see you at Life Groups, and I pray that you enjoy the photos. Father, I ask you to bless us today, change our lives. May we go from glory to glory to glory with you, being trophies of your grace, loving you in our families, on our jobs, and all that we do, and we give you the glory for using us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Give it up for him one more time. He has risen. You Amen. You are dismissed. God bless you. We'll see you. Come up for prayer for any need. Otherwise, we'll see you at the photos or we'll see you at life groups. Whoa, you have. Feel free to worship with us. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh. You've captured my heart with your love. There's no end to the depths of your love. You've captured my heart with your love. Limitless. 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 Let's sing the bridge. When I believed. I was, I was healed. My broken heart was healed. When I, believed, when I believed, I was, sealed, I was sealed, in sealed in you. Anybody else believe it today? Sing it out when I when believe. I believed I was healed by the promised Holy Spirit when I believe. Now let's sing I it out. I, believe in, I believe in you. else believe in his love? I believe, I believe in your love today, God. There's nothing like it, Lord. I believe in your love. And I, I believe, believe. From the beginning, you captured my heart with your love. You captured my heart. Those in this after party receive God's love today. Come on, don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed today to go after God. Oh, there is so much more. There is so much more of His goodness. Limitless. One more time, that I want to share a word with you. You've captured my heart. With With your your love, love. oh yes, there's no no way to the depth of your love, love. it's limitless. You've captured my heart with your love, limitless. As the band continues to play, I want to share a word with you. I got in the first service for the after party, those here lingering in the presence of the Lord. Do you know that so often we as Christians can get numb to the gospel? We can become uh, hardened to it because we get so desensitized to its meaning. But I want to encourage you this week. That you would go back to these scriptures, back to Isaiah 53, back to the end of all the gospels, into the, the the teachings of Paul and get the grasp again of what Christ did for you. Oh, it's so amazing. And then I want you to pray that God will use you to touch the world around you. You are literally the closest to heaven most people will ever get. Without Christ, you are the closest to heaven they'll have in life because you are seated in heavenly places. The kingdom of God is coming through you. You are a son or daughter of the Lord. You represent him. And so I want you to place your hand over your heart right now and just say with me, God sends your power in me and through me to the world around me. Send it in me through me to the world around me send it in me through me to the world come on now sing it sing it as you mean it through me to the world a few more times God in me and through me to the world think about your job think about your family Think about those you're going to see today and tomorrow. Oh, Lord, send your love in me and through me to the world. Kribos, send your love in me and through me to the world. One more time, send your love in me and through me to the world. How about this? Send your grace in me. To the world, how about your power oh, in me and through me to the world around me? In me and through me to the world around me. me, me world. One more time, we say, In me and through me to the world around me. As we close out this after party. You may continue to pray and let us pray for you. Any questions, we'll answer them and serve you and love you. And you may get your photo taken. we got tons of time. We're not in a hurry. But as we get ready for the karaoke worship to come, we just want to thank the Lord in our heart for what he's doing and believe him for greater things. We're going to new times at 9 and 11, and we're saying, Lord, fill up these services. Give us the blessing, God, of your power in our meetings, in our life groups, and all that we do. Because, Lord, we can't do it without you. In Jesus' name, and the after party said,